Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of No Wrestling. I'm your host, your boy, the Mattel slash Playmates. Yes, I gotta say Playmates because I love those turtles of the toy making or figurine world, Mark Sylvester. And I'm here to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. And today, guys, I thought I'd do something very, very special. Where recently, they released a third season of the great show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. Where they look at different ways of how toys and stuff were made. And they and this ser- season, they've included those damn fine and awesome and... And I love them to bits. Those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, My Little Pony, and Wrestling Figurines. Well, for today's episode, I'm obviously going to be talking about the wrestling figurines. Toys. Action figures. Highly articulated, posable figures. I'm going to buy that thing. We have to have a name. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're just like, oh, that's clever, I think. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And that was the name. That's the dumbest idea I've ever seen. Guns or swords. The word ninja, the definition was hired assassin. How am I building a kid's toy line based on hired assassins? My Little Pony is just childhood all wrapped up in one little toy. Something about those little symbols on their butt inspired me. Nothing was more cool than pro wrestling. By push of a button, the teenager's head flips. It's a little bit like magic. It's more than time. It's groundbreaking. Bronies. Bronies. I mean, really, the bronies? 20-year-old guys watching a show intended for 8-year-old girls. Why? The very first clay sketch of the turtle had a tail. Is that their penis? A major retailer kicked us out of the room. The film opened up, and it broke all records. I now call up Playmates. How are the toy sales this weekend, guys? We sold 100 million units. No turtle on the shelf. There's something fun about these figures. What's the next thing? Unicorns, and there's Pegasus. Here's one that sips a soda. This is definitely not Crack Pipe Pony. Well, you can't fight with what children want. The toy business is hell. You never know. You never know until it hits those shelves. I'm Twilight Sparkle, and these are the toys that made us. And I thought it was quite interesting in this episode, because even though I know a lot about how the wrestling figurines were made, etc., with Jax and them going on to Mattel, and I remember back in the day having the um, LGN toys, as well as the Hasbro toy, because I remember having the... Um, I remember having a couple of the wrestling buddies. They were, like, fucking awesome. Those wrestling buddies were freaking great. And it was really cool just to see the whole history of how like back in the 80s how when the WF were becoming big they were like um sought out by three different companies and then you saw like WCW being sought out and the AWA had their own toy line and stuff it's really cool to see like even to nowadays just how like popular and just how like big wrestling figurines have become and how it's really cool to see when Mattel have done, done the toys they've done done them to scope and stuff so the even though know, the Jacks toys are really cool and they were really cool before Jacks lost the license to WWE WF toys and stuff that um, they were all the same size like a character like Hornswoggle was the same size as Andre the Giant but with Mattel they've done them to scale so basically it has the right size um, difference between Hornswoggle and the Big Show for example or Andre the Giant or anyone really big kind of thing that's why I thought I'd use those two examples because they're the best ones but the one thing I really liked about this is the whole history it tells you as well the history about pro wrestling about the whole like history about 
you wouldn't go to someone else's territory or vice versa. I really like the fact that they kind of gave you the, um, like the thing about Vince going national, getting all these actors involved, getting the rock and roll wrestling involved, making up WrestleMania, basically doing what no one should do is poach other people's wrestlers, their top stars and stuff. Because at the time in the 80s, especially through his dad as well, before his dad turned WWE over to him back in 82, where it was the World Wrestling Federation. Before then, it was the World Wrestling, no, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation that it was like no one would ever go to. They would wrestle for each other, like other different promotions, but you wouldn't poach. But Vince was like, nah, sod this. I'm going to poach for these guys and that kind of thing. It was cool to kind of like see that because the one thing I like, I like about these um, shows and everything, it, it tells you the history behind the subject it's talking about. Like with the, I really like this because when it kind of tells you the history of the subject it's talking about, it's basically saying to you like how it started, what it did to begin with, like with the Ninja Turtles one, it was really cool because you got to see like how Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird met, how they created the first turtle, then they did more turtles, and they did the four of them, then were given turtles, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because at the time was kind of like the new mutants, they're all teenagers, all this kind of stuff, Jack Kirby, all that kind of thing, which was really cool to see that. But also at the same time, it was one of those things where um, it was just cool to kind of see how it all began like one thing I like about this show because even though it's made for lovers of these certain subjects like it's made for lovers of the toys to do with like in the first season alone like He-Man and Star Wars and then other ones like Transformers and stuff and it's one of those things that even though it's this show is made for those people it also knows that there will be uh, an audience that has no idea at all about any of these subjects so basically it's kind of showing people who have no idea about any of these subjects at all that it's kind of like like, even though you don't know anything about these particular things, you can still find yourself being like, okay, I might not be this well-renowned or this well, let's say, um, clever person or this like encyclopedia of knowledge to do with the subject that you're watching, but it gives you enough that you understand what's going on. And it's something that if you don't know anything about what you're about to be watching, because you might, you might be like, oh, this seems quite cool. I remember the Turtles as a kid. I remember that I still like them now as, as an adult. I remember pro wrestling. Still love it now. Or My Little Pony or um, Power Rangers, etc. It's like, I'm going to watch this. And it's like, oh, I, oh, I never knew that. I never realised it was created by two different people. Or back in the 80s in wrestling as well, that um, there were territories. And in um, Japan, uh, it was originally a Sentai series before it came over to um, America. And because of Spider-Man, that's what inspired Blah. And then it actually became blur and blur and that kind of thing as well it's really cool and also with my little pony what they did and stuff because that's the only one i haven't seen yet um it's just really cool to see that as well and it's just also as well it's really cool to kind of have the people involved in these situations too like you had people from jacks you had people from galoob you had people from lgn you had people from hasbro and stuff just to see like their perceptions and stuff about what happened to them and, ev and everything else is really really cool um one of the cool things as well to be do the beginning as well is just galoob the toy company itself where they wanted the WWF like license and one of the people who was part of Galoob was a massive wrestling fan they loved wrestling they both enjoyed wrestling and stuff I kind of like it as well when you see in the background when 
they're talking to these different people like the glue people had the WCW um, championships because obviously they lost a license to LGN because LGN offered 250,000 where because um, the cool thing about what happened was because even though they offered Vince 25,000 on all these different toys and Vince was like but I've just recently seen Remco at the time and then it's and then one of the cool things I like about it is because even though Vince could have easily gone to LGN but Vince went to Galoob saying like by the way I've been given this offer if you can um, beat it or give me slightly more then the license is yours and they were like we can't do that Vince and Vince like okay then sorry I'm going with um, LGN and that's the cool thing about this is because it shows just how much respect um, Saul Jodell has of um, Vince McMahon to even do that because a lot of the times uh, everyone would everyone would just been like hi hi person yeah of course here you go but Vince wasn't like that. Vince was like, okay, someone's giving me an offer. This company's giving me a bigger offer. Let's see if that company can give me one that's the same amount of offer or slightly more. And then they get it. So yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, it was just quite cool with, with that sort of thing as well. Because obviously when, with Universal buying out um, LGN, they wanted the, the WWF and they offered Vince 200000 But then Saul couldn't obviously offer them that uh, set amount. He only could offer them 75000 And it was just really, really interesting to kind of see the... Uh, um, sort of like the, the respect that Vince had of Galoob to even ring them up and being like, oh, by the way, Elgin have offered me 200,000. If you can uh, either uh, match or beat that, then you get the license as well. And it's, it's quite cool. So obviously, because Galoob couldn't offer it and only, only offered him 75,000, Vince went with LGN. And then in 1984, LGN created a wrestling figures uh basically they were quite different compared to most wrestling figures at the time where the figure um one one of the main things it had to do it had to look like the wrestler because you couldn't really just release a generic figurine because obviously you're selling them based on the wrestlers it has to look like the, the star as well it couldn't just be like oh generic wrestler number one or generic wrestler number two or generic wrestler number fifty thousand. you know they had to look, look like the stars they were eight inches because they had to rush making them so they were like showing I was like, oh, I really like that. And the company were like, fuck, what we're going to do? We need to release these uh, and that kind of thing. Because that's another, another thing as well that's quite interesting with the story too. That um, they wanted to put in full articulation into the bodies and have like this wire. And obviously they knew because it was eight inches, they couldn't do that because they're going to have it the same sort of size. But it actually kind of did well for them because it was one of those things that's kind of like you, you didn't see figures like that. Like you never saw figures to be eight, uh, eight inches because most figurines were like, four and a half to five inches tall and that kind of stuff um and then remco also as well at the time made an awa line but with the awa even though it was big when hulk hogan was there and then literally when he left and everything else it wasn't as big as it was and obviously the wf were, were becoming huge with wrestlemania and the hulk hogan cartoon and all this other stuff it was kind of like well the awa didn't have much really um of a chance really gets the WWF and then Remco as well created something called the All-Star Wrestlers and basically that kind of thing but then LG ended really well with their success because of the size and the build of the wrestlers because obviously it was marketed as you won't see any toys like this 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 toy is 8 inches tall and the build is really big as well because it looks like the wrestler and that kind of stuff as well it was really really cool um, and then over the next three years LGN made more sets there was a TV show Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling which was the cartoon which I remember watching as a kid uh, that was a great show back in the day um, that helped them sell a lot of 
toys. And also they were fully art- articulated as well because obviously being quite big, they're able to, like throughout the several years, kind of like add more to it and that kind of thing as well. And then in 1987, Entertech Toys put LGN under hot water because they look like guns. And because they look like guns, LGN was sued because people would use the guns to cause bank robberies. Basically, because the Entertech Toys, um, LGN lost a lot of business, which then Universal closed them down in 1989. But then in 1990, LGN were bought out by Acclaim, who went on to go out of business themselves about 10 years ago. And they made loads of different games, mostly all shovelware and like kind of like mediocre kind of games, stuff like um, they made the WF games on the N64 before it went to THQ. They made ECW games on that console. They made a load of WF games on the snares. They made a few really good games like Torok, but they just didn't make that many great games and that kind of thing. And then in 1990, the WF made a great deal with Hasbro. And Hasbro went back to making the four and a half um, inches toys. And basically they had um, different sort of like poses and things they would do based on that wrestler's Pacific signature moves. Uh, basically what this means is it's one of those things where um, with the wrestler doing certain things, like if it was the Ultimate Warrior, they would do obviously the Gorilla Press, um, Hulk Hogan, Body Slam and, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of like that. And also as well, by Hasbro doing it, Hasbro were and still are a massive toy company company they created stuff like transformers they bought out kenner who did stuff like star wars and mask which is fucking awesome i hope they do an episode based on mask and mask is amazing they've also done stuff like my little pony i believe and hasbro are one of the most iconic and probably famous toy company ever um, and then over the next years for hasbro they created rings i remember um they created belts i remember having a belt myself as a kid the old wind eagle Oh, I love the Wind Eagle. That was such a cool belt. Like, it's the best belt ever made. They also had larger talking toys where you could press a button and, the rest, and it would come out with the wrestler's voice. It wasn't really well done at the time because obviously technology wasn't as good as it is now, but it's cool to have Hulk Hogan's um, voice go like, what you gonna do, brother? And that kind of thing. Or, now let me tell you something mean, Gene. Or, what you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you? And they also had the amazing wrestling buddies. I loved those toys. They were so cool. It was literally like this, um, the wrestling buddies are something you could, in a sense, wrestle with or wrestle against. But it was also a pillow. So it's kind of like you had many different stars based on it. You had Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, etc. You had all these different people based on it and stuff. And it was really, really cool. But then they had the introduction of Ted Turner. It was really interesting as well to kind of show the whole thing of Ted Turner because obviously Ted Turner bought WCW, Galoob then made a lot of toys for the WCW line and that kind of thing. Galoob had to also rush them out and because of Toys R Us, they only sold the WWF toys because they wouldn't touch WCW because obviously WWF at the time was the biggest thing. Basically, because Robbie, who was one of the main people for Galoob, was known as the Jewish Lightning, basically the reason he was called this is because he would do anything for a sell. Like he would dress up, he would do anything just to make sure he was able to sell the toys. And also as well, WCW uh, toy line was dumped 
And also as well, back in around 93, 94-ish, maybe 95-ish, Hasbro dumped the WF toy line because it wasn't making much money on her kind of like, you know, what's the kind of point? And also as well, Galoob uh, were bought out by a new company. They got rid of Galoob himself, Robbie, Ansel, and they also dumped the WCW line, but then they created their own new company known as the original toy makers from San Francisco, and they took the WCW license back on, and they created all these different toys and all these different stuff for WCW. And they also, as well, spent time with the wrestlers, so they're able to kind of make the wrestlers feel and look and kind of like act like the wrestlers should do. And then back in about 96, the WF make a deal with Jack Specific to make up toys for the WWF as well. And that was kind of cool because obviously at the time the toys weren't that great because they were literally just sent out and they were pretty, pretty bad. But they ended up being fixed and they was really cool as well because Jack Specific uses really cool technology because at the time in the later 90s, technology was becoming a be all and end all with that kind of, with basically a lot of different toy making and that kind of thing. And they use a really cool thing called, uh, called roto scanning and what they would do is they would uh, basically take a scan of the of the specific wrestler and they would kind of use it on, on a computer to make the mold of it on the computer because then that way it saves them having to um, make up all this different stuff and that kind of thing too it's really cool to see that basically it was really interesting to kind of see that as well and then in 98 a company called toy biz outbid the original toy makers from san francisco of the license for wcw because obviously they didn't have enough money to go against toy biz but then the toy makers from san francisco then ended up making toys for ecw which was still as popular as the wcw toys was that was really cool to see um and then in 2001 wcw and ecw were bought out by the wwf with these buyouts of the company also as well with um, AOL buying out Time Warner and then them not showing wrestling anymore which I meant basically Vince McMahon got WCW for such a cheap bargain at only 4 million like the fact that he got WCW at 4 million is fucking crazy so basically what happened was Toy Biz and the original toy makers of San Francisco couldn't make toys anymore for either company um, but then in 2002 the WF becomes WWE also as well with kind of going back to the WWF buying out ECW and WCW with that Jack Pacific was able to create uh, figurines slash toys slash whatever based on any promotion or any wrestler throughout the history of uh, wrestling that basically of what was owned by the WWF WWE WWE sues Jack Pacific in a few years later on uh, basically it sells in a relationship that kind of feel like Jax isn't doing enough for the WWE and that kind of thing but then Jack Pacific loses the WWF WWE WWE license and then Mattel takes on the WWE line and one of the cool things about the toys that Mattel make unlike Jack Specific like I said earlier is the fact that with the Jack Pacific toys they were all the same size all the same sort of like doesn't matter wrestler A and B even though wrestler A might be 5 foot 4 and wrestler B might be like 7 foot 2 for example they'll be the same size where with Mattel they would be all to scale uh, they would be all to the, the right size of what the wrestler should be so if you wanted to buy a wrestler that was five foot compared to wrestler that was six foot ten for example they would be different sizes and also as well by being part of Mattel and Mattel making the toys it meant that there were more toys being made they were in better condition Mattel is a far more bigger and well-known name than Jack Pacific but the reason why Jack Pacific toys did so well is because the WWF were so popular back in the late 90s because of the Attitude Era and Steve Austin etc and that kind of stuff but also at the same time Mattel were also able to incorporate 
things from their different toy lines. So you, you can have, um, they then started doing more stuff for the females. Like you started having um, the Barbie dolls based on the four horsewomen, like Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bailey and Charlotte Flair. And you also had as well, like uh, Mattel and WWE doing um, stuff together. Like you have a really cool Masters of the Universe like line. So you have all the Masters of the Universe characters like He-Man and Skeletor. And like you have a grey skull ring, which is really cool to see as well. And it's also just a cool, it's just really, really cool to see as well. Just how like popular and just how iconic these toys have become. And also as well by having like, I know it's Playmates who make them in a sense. But you now have WWE crossing with the, with the Ninja Turtles, which is two of my favourite fandoms ever joining together. And I was so happy when I saw that, that kind of thing, you know. Just really cool just to see just how far these toys have become. That you now have this cross promotion with things like He-Man, the Ninja Turtles, Barbie, etc. It's just a really cool thing to see. And also as well, it's just it was one of those episodes, it was just really interesting to kind of see just how it became and how it went on to sell on and create and like make so much money for for the different companies who made these toys and just to kind of see how it started from a potential company of this group who wanted to have the WF because one of the guys, Robbie, who was also known as Jewish Lightning, was such a big wrestling fan. He wanted a wrestling license that he wanted to go for. And then obviously Galoob, um, Head Galoob at the time, Mr. Galoob, was kind of like, nah, this wrestling isn't very good. But then Saul pretended to be him, so he was eight, so then he might be able to get this license because he knew wrestling was become bigger and better. And that kind of stuff as well, which was really, really cool. And also as well, which is one of those interesting things where it's kind of like just to see these different people being interviewed about it and stuff these people from wrestling itself and the people from the companies kind of like telling their side of the story and telling the few of what happened and that kind of stuff it was just just a really interesting show and it's also one of those things that even if you don't like the other subjects that's involved in this and you're just and you're just a pro wrestling fan that i would honestly recommend the show in general really like the toys that made us is a really interesting show and it's also one of those things that even if you don't like the subject that it's, that it's talking about like i'm not a massive fan of barbie or um let's say star trek but watching the episode itself I found it to be really informative I found it to be really interesting and it's just cool to kind of see like in a sense how and who created these iconic franchises and that my friends was my very special episode on the toys that made us wrestling figurines episode let me know guys in the comments below what you think about this episode and whatever episodes you enjoyed from the show and if you like the show in general and also as well guys don't forget to like follow and subscribe to me on all the different social medias such as iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters. And also as well, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the amazing channel that Tony does called How Do Game. And that was No Resting, guys. I've been your amazing host, as always, the Mattel and Playmates of the professional wrestling world, Mark Sylvester. And don't forget to take care and always remember what you're gonna do when the toys have made us run wild on you. What you gonna do? You gotta love new WWF figures with real wrestling action. Jake the Snake Roberts versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. DiBiase lands a million dollar punch. Match Hulk Hogan against the Macho King Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, my elbow smash will finish Hogan, guaranteed. Hogan slams him again. Match Andre the Giant against the Ultimate Warrior. Andre will squash the Ultimate Maniac. WWF figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring.